Welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. Today's episode comes to you from Thorndike, Maine, where we interview Phoenix O'Brien of Hallbrook Farm. It's his fourth season on this farm, but he's been in agriculture the last seven. He's growing in the zone 5B and on about 10 acres, 100% wholesale to supermarkets and grocery stores. Uh, Their farm is bringing in approximately $225,000 in gross sales. Phoenix, welcome to the show. Hello. So if you could describe your farm a little bit in one sentence, what would you say? Uh, We are a small-scale vegetable farm growing produce to sell to supermarkets and small grocery stores. Well, today we wanted to talk about carrot harvesting. So if you could share a little bit about how you harvest carrots on your farm, uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, So we... used to harvest them by hand, just top them, put them in a bin, and um, drive a hay wagon down, pick them up. Last year, we invested in a old Scott Viner FMC top-listing carrot harvester, um, which we used last year for our carrots, beets, turnips, storage radish, um, all the fall root crops that you dig and top. Um, so we've started using that. And, yeah, we like it. We're never going back. Um, makes it a lot easier. You realize why that stuff's so cheap in the store. Yeah. I didn't realize that that <clears throat> harvester was good for beets and turnips and other crops like that. I thought it was dialed in just for carrots. Oh, yeah. No, it'll it'll do all that stuff. Um, we haven't tried it on rutabaga. I've heard people say that it doesn't work great for rutabaga, but I've also seen them for sale up in Canada all the time that says they're set up for rutabaga. Hmm. So, I mean, I think they, I think they can do it all. Um, I mean, it definitely shines on the carrots just where there's so many of them, you know, but I mean, it, it does a fine job on all, I know it's faster than doing it by hand on any of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think your throughput increase was um, between how you harvested it before by hand and going to this machine now? Uh, it was significant. I think, it, you know, we were, I forget. I mean, we did all the math before we got involved with the thing. But, you know, you can, I think it. I think we figured one good person could do between 200 and 300 pounds an hour, depending on the picking. Um you know, assuming like you got a good clean field and the carrots are big, you're on the higher end of that. Um, this thing, you know, you can do 500 pounds in 10 minutes or, or better. Um, 
kind of regardless of how big the you know especially especially on carrots but on anything you know how big the crop, you know the size of the crop i mean you assuming you don't have any weeds in the field you can you can cruise uh how how is it that weeds slow you down does it plug up the machine yeah plugs up the machine makes visibility not so so good i mean you've got some on this particular piece of equipment the way we run it um you have somebody on there actually steering the steering the gathering points but mm. um yeah the weeds definitely just they mess everything up they drag all kinds of dirt in, up into it and plug the whole machine up it's, it's not a good deal uh, you definitely need for something to run something like this you need a clean field what's your uh key tool to a clean field uh i haven't figured it out yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean we've um flame weed and um basket weed and we have a tine weeder um, you know yeah. the times the times we, we haven't been able to nail it down consistently every time and we were struggling this year desperately with you know we're spending too much money hand weeding stuff you know i think just good rotation and getting having enough time to make your beds ahead of time and work the weeds out of them is, is the answer have you had to do any modifications to this um well we bought the thing it was in rubble pieces <laughs> you know pretty hard shape so we uh we modified it to work <laughs> um, yeah no um i mean as, as it is um you know we pulled you know, as it was, it was it was all there, but we just had to go through it, bearings and belts and stuff. But we did um, in our wash pack shed. We're not set up; to, it's set up to load bulk bins. Um, but so we pulled one boom off and built a platform on it, so we can, you know, we could in theory set a bulk bin right on the piece of equipment to fill one day. But um, last year we were just filling those um, harvest totes with them. So we built a little stand and a platform there for somebody to stand and, um, you know, swap bins out as the carrots are coming on. It's not a great way in terms of material handling, but yeah, it's kind of an intermediate step before you go full. Yeah, palletized. exactly. How fast does it uh, fill up one of those flip top totes? Rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we were going. We you know, we were having to drive the tractor about as slow as as you can with having the having the PTO turning at the right pace. Um, yeah, quick. I mean, you know, less than a minute. Carrots are flying. Yeah, yeah, the carrots are flying. That's awesome. Yeah. So you bought it used and in quite rough shape, but how much did that set you back? Uh, I gave $800 for it. <laughs> um but you know, I think we've we've got around ten grand tied up into it. Oh wow! So you you put a lot into that machine. Yeah, yeah, too too much. <laughs> if, if I if I if I had known what I knew getting into it, you know, I would have probably just financed something a little bit newer. Because um, we just paid for all that out of pocket. I mean, we have a very nice, well-running machine, but you know, we kind of got in a little deeper than I intended. Yeah, yeah, it turned, <laughs> that's quite a quite a project. Yeah, you know the ins and outs, though. You know, you know how it's all put together and how it works. Absolutely. Uh, is there um, harvesters like that fairly readily available that you could have just purchased for ten grand? 
Uh, I mean, I've looked around. I guess you know, you know, I think you can get a good Univerco, which is like a you can you can still get parts for these. They're quite a bit older, um, but you know, you can get it. Seems like a good working Univerco machine for anywhere from twelve to you know eighteen grand. Mm-hmm. Up and running. Seems like most of them are up in Canada, but you do see some more more locally. Seems like they come and go. You also need quite a bit more horsepower to run um, one of those newer machines. Um, Univerco does make a smaller unit, but I think there's there, those are relatively new, and there's less of them around. I mean, these old Scott Viners, you know, we were we were pulling it with a 35 horse two wheel drive tractor last year, and that was well matched. You know, uh, I mean, the you know it was a the tractor was a little light for the harvester yeah. just in terms of it pushing it around especially on our hills um we got you know we got slopey ground so not always perfect but um you know it certainly did the job we have a bigger tractor now what wasn't really an issue are there uh nuanced techniques to running this machine um yeah i mean i guess just get you know getting your ground speed right and um, depending on what you're harvesting, adjusting your belts, but, but certainly getting ground speed and your, um, you know, the throttle on your PTO, getting those matched up so you're stuck, you know, the rate at which you're pulling carrots into it and driving forward. That's, um, I mean, that's the only real trick to it, um, you know, and, and some adjustment of the knives so it's doing a good job topping, but that's all fairly simple stuff matter of moving your knives in and out from each other you know i mean i think that the nuance is more just you know once you get into mechanical harvest as we learned is just having good field conditions you know you don't want to be out there getting stuck in the mud and can't be wading through weeds um you know we didn't get it done this year but you know it's definitely pushing us towards earlier planting dates on all that stuff so we can get in the field earlier or you know this year we just ended up making sure they were on our nice dry pieces of ground that we knew we were going to be able to get across and you know i mean it variety selection i guess also becomes more of an issue um especially where that's a top lifter um you know so it's literally pulling the whatever it is up by the top so if you get lots and lots of frost in the fall on your carrots and tops get weakened or you know alternaria could make it so you have a crop you really couldn't even harvest with it um if the tops were badly damaged yeah that'd, um, that'd really put you in a pickle <laughs> yeah yeah it would be a, a and, I, and i've heard of that happening to guys um you know so that could that put you in a bad way um you know and i, I guess i mean the other thing to say on it is just that you know we're getting our harvesting done a lot cheaper and quicker but you know, it really kind of dictates a whole system around it. Like all, all we did was shift the bottleneck because we're storing our, we aren't, we're not storing our carrots dirty. We're storing them clean in bags. So while we are getting the harvest done quite expeditiously, we're spending quite a bit of time washing still and we're not set up to handle bulk bins. So we're still moving lots of material around by hand, which is, you know, we didn't get everything all set up at once not the not the silver bullet all on its own right right 
<laughs> like you said, it, it moved the bottleneck. Yeah, that's that's all we did was shift the bottleneck. Well, I guess before you would have had, you know, two bottlenecks throating production, right. so at least you speeded it up somewhat. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, what used to take us over a month with a gang of people took us, you know, cumulatively, like, a week's time. Yeah, that right there is awesome. <laughs> Must be yeah. stress relieving, yeah, no, too. Mean, yeah, roots are a pretty big part of our income. Um, we, we've we done it with three of us. Um, that's one person having to swap out bins, one person driving a tractor, and then another person running the machine. Um, but, um, you know, another person helping to ferry stuff back and forth wouldn't hurt, but what we usually do is just park a wagon on either end of the field and um, offload the carrots, you know, more or less after every row or every other row. Are you able to harvest your whole field and then wash it all, or are you just harvesting a few rows a day and washing that and then carrying on the next day? Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've, we set it up where we have people washing while we're harvesting if we can gather up enough help. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'll, I think with the number, we were doing around, harvesting around 4,000 pounds and then having to stop, wash, get more totes. Yeah, I think cumulatively, on, you know, I think we did 20,000 pounds of carrots. I think there were, you know, <laughs> five days out there or something of, of harvest. That you know that wasn't those they weren't full days they were partial days where and then we had to stop and wash. So you're washing them clean and and packing them into bags. You said how how big a bags are, are is that? Uh, twenty five pound bags mm-hmm. stacked on pallets. We don't have we don't have a whole lot of cold storage here, so we don't really have the means to store them dirty. Now you kind of rebuilt this machine from the ground up. So is are there any modifications that um, you decided to do that you'd really recommend for others who might have also found uh, an old Scott Viner? Uh, I think if there was anything like that, nothing, uh, no, nothing, nothing wild. Um, you know, I would think that somebody could, and we've thought, I've, thought about doing it is you know you could mount the hydraulic controls um on your tractor and you you could eliminate having another person to to steer it you know the way the way it's oriented you'd have to be doing a whole lot of looking back i mean you could put a camera on there and get a screen in front of you but you know that's the only thing i've thought about doing we probably won't do it but yeah you know just to have one less person involved i think that's the only big change we did and not that uh you know putting that we just made a very simple stand just to be able to fill totes where we were kind of in this transition time yeah your platform yeah but other than that no we nothing nothing that i could see well that kind of sums up my my questions on that is there anything else about this machine that you'd like to share uh no i think that pretty well covers it cool well if others want to follow up with you and see what you're doing how should they do that um email is a good way to get in touch um probably probably the best way 
And you're on social media too? Yeah, we are on uh, Instagram at Hallbrook Farm Maine. That would be another way to get in touch. Awesome. Well, uh, sounds good. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, no problem. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you learned something today or plan to make a change on your farm, let me know. I'd love to receive any feedback you have. Just click the link in the description to submit the form. It will help the future of this podcast to be a resource that is helpful for you. And while you're at it, I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave a comment. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu extension.